0: Welcome back to On The Way. I'm Beth White, your co-host this morning, along with Jen Delvaux, and we're here in studio um, talking about one of the elements of a culture of evangelization, which is critical, which is listening, listening to how the Holy Spirit is working in your lives and in the lives of others. Listening to your church, listening to the community around you, listening to the needs and then responding to those clearly, but the importance of not just having all the answers, but literally listening. And so next up, we have Carrie Weber, who is a executive editor of America magazine. Sorry, I'm cheating with my notes here. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us. So when I started my job just a little bit about five years ago, I noticed some statistics out there that showed that there were a decline of women um, in the church. And I found that very fascinating. And five years later... Uh, that decline is increasing rapidly. So I looked at a statistic recently and it said 69% of the church in 2016 was made up of women and now it's about 50% of the church. Uh, The decline is happening um, pretty rapidly. And so I know that's not the reason why you under potentially undertook, but I was looking around for some research on Catholic women, and I found, ran across the America Magazine undertaking of interviewing um, Catholic women all over the country. So I wondered if we could just talk a little bit about this study and the purpose of
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. So we, uh, you know, I was, the study started because I was doing something like what you were describing, which is <laughs> looking around for statistics about Catholic women. And I was writing uh, an editorial at the time, it was an opinion piece. And I said, and I started to write things like, you know, Catholic women think X or Y. Right. And then I realized that I had no data to back that up. So I said, all right, I'm going to go and find some. And then I, I couldn't find a lot of comprehensive data on this. Women were, surveyed as part of larger surveys Mm -hmm. that interviewed both men and women, um, but were rarely the focus of that um, questioning. So I went to uh, Father Matt Malone, our editor-in-chief at America, and I said, can we do this survey? And he said, sure, yeah, let's let's go for it. So, you know, we wanted uh, Catholic women to be able to actually tell us what they thought rather than us uh, sort of just guessing or... um, Mm projecting our own thoughts onto large groups of people so we wanted um, it to be comprehensive we spoke to over 1500 Catholic women through these surveys um, and they answered their questions online and mark gray said uh, he is over at Kara um, he's uh, works with their data there said that often that means that uh, people are more likely to give honest answers mm. when they're, when they're answering some of these survey questions online so we, uh, because there's not that sort of uh, I guess guilt or shame associated mm-hmm. with answering mm-hmm. questions if you think oh I don't want to tell someone how often I go to mass I'm going to you know pad this a little bit So it, it was an interesting study um, we thought to, to, to find out that information to find out what people um, what women think and to then hopefully apply that information to make our church a better place for men and women.
0: So Carrie, one of the interesting things, um, I saw a post article where there was a lot of like feedback, negative feedback about how you defined Catholic women. So could you share with our listeners how, um, how you defined Catholic women?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, for statistical purposes, the question we asked women were, "Are you Catholic?" And if they said <laughs> yes, we then asked them the other questions. And we, being the, the, the survey gathering company, right. on our behalf. But it uh, that that is the qualification for for being Catholic here. And uh, theologically, the qualification is um, is, is baptism, baptism, right? It right. leaves an indelible mark on us. Uh, and so. Women were self-identified as Catholic, and we got a lot of reactions um, saying that uh, the only answers that should matter are the ones um, that of the women who went to mass uh, weekly. You know, those are the quote-unquote real Catholics. Uh, but I found this to be a pretty problematic response mm-hmm. because, you know, absolutely, there's value in looking specifically at the data of the subset of those women surveyed. Uh, But if we venture into the territory of trying to rate people's Catholicism, I don't think it's particularly useful for surveys or for evangelization. No. (laughs) Uh, Many of these women, you know, maybe they don't go to Mass each week, but something about their faith has stuck with them to the point that they will identify as Catholic. To in, in like a random survey where no one's you know gonna judge them one way or the other they they, they they still consider this enough of their identity and it's our job to bring them closer to the center of the faith and not push them further to the margins by saying oh your voice doesn't count in this survey.
0: So that was interesting, Um, just over 50% or just under, it was around 50-50, attend mass regularly, which is weekly or more, right? And then it became less than that. But what was fascinating is that 96%-ish, 94% indicated that they believe in God, with only about 16% saying they have some doubts sometimes. So the overwhelming number of these women believe in God, even if they're not at Mass, and they also have a pretty strong rate of prayer. Did that surprise you? Uh,
1: That they believed in God even though they didn't go to Mass?
0: Yeah, well, that they, they... actually believed in God, so there was no doubts. So that's not why they weren't there, and they also have an active prayer life, it seems, even though they're not affiliated with a particular church, like oh, attending right. Mass. Um,
1: yeah, no, in some ways that did not surprise did me, not. because I, I know a lot of people who um, I, you know, identify as, as Catholic, but have felt alienated by one part mm-hmm. of uh, the Church or another, or um, have uh, you know, uh, uh, faith in God, but have become a little bit apathetic about what the church itself has to offer them. Um, I, you know, I see this happening anecdotally, so it, it didn't really surprise mm. me at the same way uh, it, to see that sort of show up in the data. A lot of women that I spoke to described the Catholic Church as their home. Mm. And in the sense that you you can't change where you're from. This is this is it's almost like a hometown. This is where mm-hmm. we're from, and a lot of people have complicated relationships with the places they're from, but you can't change it. That's it. This is part of who they are. Um, and I think that's also why uh, women often um, spoke of feeling hurt or rejected or disappointed by the church, and why that hurts so much, because it is uh, this sort of real sense of of identity and, you know, where they're from. Another statistic that I found really um, helpful to put this in context is that 79% of of the Catholic women we talked to said that uh, helping the poor uh, was somewhat or very much important to their faith, and receiving the Eucharist was somewhat or very much important to their faith. Uh, For the Eucharist, it was 69%. Now, these numbers are maybe lower than we would like to see. You know, these are important parts of our faith. We'd love everyone to say 100%. This is very important. Um, But most women surveyed seem to kind of get the gist of what the Church values and what the Gospel asks of us. And Mm -hmm. so they are, as you say, not like totally alienated from the Church, but maybe don't quite see what the parish life or what the institutional Church has to offer. And that's where I think, you know, we can do a lot of work, because if 45% of women feel that the Eucharist is very important to being Catholic, but only 24% of women are actually showing up weekly to receive it. We mm-hmm. have to ask ourselves, you know, what is keeping them away?
0: Right, right, right. I, um, the, I found what was interesting as well is that there were very few in this list. They are self-identified, so they said they were Catholic, so that's at the gate. But very few had ever thought about leaving the Catholic Church and going somewhere else. I think that's interesting how you said home, that they feel like this is their hometown and where they're from. Um, but they must not have a sense, many of these women who do not part- participate regularly, um, do you think they lack a sense of belonging and a, an inclusion? Is that part of what you think is, is happening, where they feel sort of rejected?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so some, some people spoke about, um, you know, having been specifically, you know, alienated by um, either a church teaching or a particular parish or something, some personal experience. Um, but I think actually the overall sense that we got from the data was it was less that people were offended and more that they were having trouble um finding the, the institutional church as, as relevant to their lives. Mm. Um and I think, you know, they over uh overall nearly um among Catholics less involved in parish life. Um you know, forty-four percent were not very likely to speak to anyone else about their faith. Mm. Um, they just sort of had it in like this personal sense. You know, they didn't really have someone to talk to. Only about half the women we spoke to felt comfortable, you know, talking to a family member about their faith. Um, so I think that a lot of times people, um, women have 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 sort of a personal sense of faith, but have, for one reason or other, not necessarily connected um, with that larger community. Um, and, you know, it's hard to put a single answer mm. on that. But I, I know some women spoke of not really being able to see or imagine a role model of, uh, in the church, sort of um, in a physical, day-to-day life of, like, what does it look like to be a woman a woman in the church? You know, there are there are saints, and um, there is a, a history of great women in the church, but on a day-to-day basis, people who were less involved in the church were less likely to know about women in the church. And so it became like this sort of vicious cycle where uh, if you're not going to Mass, you don't see maybe um, the women who are actively involved in, in making a parish happen, and you feel like maybe there's no place for you. Um, And that's where bringing people in, literally just in the door sometimes, can help, because they can see the way in which um, women are, in fact, involved.
0: So we're going to continue our conversation after the break, Carrie, and I want to talk a little bit about what some things that you gleaned from this could be of benefit for us in the world of evangelization.
1: Were. Uh, So, from speaking to a lot of the women, I did did a follow up uh, story with some interviews with uh, one woman who was actually in the survey and then a number of other women nationally in the church. Um, And from these interviews, I got the sense that um, a deliberate mentoring of Catholic women as professionals, either in their own professional life or particularly in the church, um, would be very helpful to people because of. The sort of disconnect that I mentioned before, um, this sense that uh, they they didn't have anyone to talk to about their faith life, and this sense that if you want to be involved in the church, you can be involved in it personally, you can be involved in it um, at the parish level, but you can also be involved in it professionally. Uh, These days, women have uh, a good number of options, most uh, most of the time, many women do, uh, where they want to work, and a lot of other secular outlets look like they have a lot more room for growth than a lot of places in the church. And I I think a lot of the women that I spoke to in the church um, often do a lot of work behind the scenes, um, but they're also in very— Strong leadership roles in a lot of ways, like you know, a chancellor of a diocese or something. Uh, But no one ever sees this person doing their work Mm -hmm. at the parish level on most Sundays. So um, I think often uh, being willing to embrace sort of being a role model. A lot of women I spoke to were very, um, very humble and sort of like, "Oh, I'm not a role model. I'm just doing my job. I'm just working in the church." But that means a lot to a lot of people, Um, and to see. Uh, that and draw hope from it, even if you don't want to follow that lead professionally, I think is, is really mm. um, useful. I think also just leading and um, offering women who are uh, working in the church or want to work in the church the chance to have, um, you know, a living wage and uh, parental leave, things that make it possible. For I know a lot of people who you know, want to work for the church, they work for the church for a while, but then if they have a kid, it becomes too costly um, to do so or uh, too difficult um, if they don't get leave or they aren't being paid a fair wage. Um, I also think just the sacraments are a place where a lot of people uh, who are sort of tangentially associated with the church might have the opportunity to reconnect with the church. And so taking these sacraments seriously. Um, and making sure people are doing them deliberately, but without making them examples of red tape and obstacles that sort of turn people mm-hmm. away after having not had much contact with the church, they go away with feeling like all the church is, is you know, filling out forms and red tape to get your kid baptized um, or to get married. You know, I think we have to look at these sacraments where people are coming back to the church often for the first time in a while as places for evangelization, as places to say, hey, once you do this, like, we have a lot of other ways to keep connecting with you. Let's Let's um, stay in touch. Let's work on that. Um, And, you know, I think just trying to make people feel at home, you know, people feel like this is their home. They want to feel comfortable there. And it doesn't mean being complacent. It doesn't mean um, that we can't correct each other's mistakes or uh, help each other along. Uh, But it does mean we have to make sure that when we talk to people about their feelings, about the say, we can't say what you feel doesn't matter, right? Like people's emotions are real and we have to help people put their you know pain in context that the church may have caused or uh, help people to understand why uh, the church is relevant in in their life I think I, I, you know I know a lot of people who are searching for a lot of what the church offers but for one reason or another don't realize that that that, that, that they can find that in the church Um And so just being able to have sort of frank, open conversations with women um, and allowing women to speak uh, their own voices and say what they're looking for, I think um, is just a good start to to getting um, people involved.
0: So the importance really is then asking them what they need and listening. I know uh, sometimes we don't even think about, as church that we should have babysitting um if we're going to expect young women um you know young mothers to participate in things and things like that so we're going to take a break right now we'll be right back to continue on our conversation with carrie weber
2: Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age nine to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312 937 937 3375. Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we began adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this.
0: Welcome back to On The Way. I am Beth White, your co-host this morning uh, with Jen Delvo, And we are continuing our conversation about l- the importance of listening. And we are talking to Carrie Weber, fr- who is an executive editor of America Magazine. And in 2018, America Magazine undertook a pretty comprehensive study of Catholic women, about 1,500 uh... catholic women and you can google uh... through america magazine and look for the catholic woman study and you can get a pdf of that through um, through the cara um, right, uh... Carrie, um, where you can actually see the data itself and get an understanding of some of the background here so we were talking a little bit before the break about what we can learn from this in terms of evangelization and how to help um, help women connect and so one of the things from some of the other studies that i've read um, Carrie, is that part of it is women are just um, seem to be way busier today uh, than they have been in in previous generations balancing um, a job home um, all the activities perhaps with their children are undertaking and Church, while is lovely, because it's interesting, because you said sometimes it's very personal, because it's for them, sometimes it gets lost, because they, it's not a part of the community, it's not a part of their family, necessarily. Um, d- did you, do you have any thoughts about that at all, about how women get sort of disconnected from church and community because of their busyness?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very easy uh, as a parent to put yourself, uh, last. And if this Mm -hmm. is something that you find, uh, fulfilling, but you have a million other things to do, it's easy to say, well, I got to deal, you know, with these things first. But I think that ideally this is something that is the basis of everything we do. And it's something that benefits our family in the long run, because it introduces the faith to our children, to, um, our partners. And it is something that, really is uh, foundational and needs to be made a priority. Now, I mean, I say this because I know this intellectually. I also emotionally have a hard time, you know, uh, focusing sometimes at mass because, yes. you know, there's three toddlers crawling on me or something. And so sometimes I think it's it can be easier not to show up, particularly if, you know, if you don't feel particularly welcome when you bring the kids or something like that. Um, but ideally, it's, 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 not just a personal thing, right? That it's it's something that we have, you know, our own relationship with God, but that means that we should be in relationship with one another and that those relationships should help to build us up um, and maybe even give us the energy to do um, more than we thought we could do or to just have the peace of mind and the calm uh, and a sense of, like, of... Um, purpose and calmness to do just the things in front of us that day. It's it's really hard. I know it is, but I also know in my heart that if I don't do it, if I find that I, you know, kind of keep prayer to myself and don't connect it um, to that wider community, I feel sort of drained in a different way. It's a yeah. different kind of being mm-hmm. drained of, of that sense of connection, of that sense of the, the body of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just us. We're all part of this larger uh community and the whole point is is to work together and sometimes it makes life easier and sometimes it makes life harder but i think in general it's meant to make our lives uh more meaningful and more fulfilling and so if we can find the time to do that i I think
0: it's usually worth the effort. Yeah. So I, I, uh, Jenna and I talk a lot about these things and I found this, uh, you know, the fight or flight that there, that was all based sort of on the maleness and that for women, we tend to um, tend And befriend in times of stress that we will take care of those around us and we need to befriend others in order to sort of it's not fight-or-flight it's actually that tend and befriend and I I just imagine that our spaces sometimes the tending of what our children need get overtaken by the befriending and seeing that our churches and our communities could be places where women can connect with other women um, I also think one of the issues Carrie, is that um, we are our young people are delaying childbirth and so sometimes they walk into parishes and there isn't a role for them if they're not a mom um, or a grandma or something like that. And so finding ways. did you see any of that in your research?
1: Related to uh, finding ways and the, the to connect um, women
0: at a younger age engagement there? Yeah.
1: Um, I, you know we didn't uh, mm. see, that very much. We did see this the sort of sense that people didn't have anyone to sort of reach out to and talk to, okay. as, as I mentioned, yep. about their faith, and yep. I think that was across, um, across the board. Um, we saw that young people overwhelmingly uh, wanted to be married in the church anyway, so mm-hmm. that there was, for people who did not have um, uh, kids yet, or maybe had kids but were um, in a relationship, Uh, as a younger person, we're looking to kind of uh, formalize that relationship in, within the, within the church, right? Right. And to to do, to do that. Um, And I think that that means something, right? That it means that even though people are like disconnecting in other ways, they still see this as a place that um, could welcome them uh, in that stage of their life. Uh, But as you said before that, it's, I think a lot harder sometimes for people for people to see that for people mm-hmm. to to kind of understand um, where their place is, and I think that's where we need to make sure that our ministries are are just good for people in general, like yep. and that we don't yep. necessarily have. Uh, I think there's some people who would be attracted by. Um, a young adult ministry and would want to join that and then there might be some young adults who just want to join uh, the food pantry ministry exactly. or um, yep. the rosary group or something right. like that and so I think that's where the importance of an invitation is really helpful. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who said that they have, um, you know, a 10th parish and uh, no Carrie, to
0: them. We're going to have to wrap up our conversation. Our time is up, believe it or not. I'm so sorry. Right. So thank you so much for your time and for all of your wisdom. We appreciate it. Thank you so
1: much, Carrie. Thanks for having me on.